0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Runout Radio, brought to you by Tiger Products, Predator Cues, and Border Billiards. Please support our sponsors. They support us. I'm Jerry Forsythe, alongside Mike Howard. Mike, how are you, buddy?
1: I'm good. It's it's heating up real nice, uh, Arizona summer.
0: Yeah, well, Georgia's got some of that, too, my friend. Um, You and I just spent... And interesting, and uh, that was a fairly warm weekend as well in Charlotte, North Carolina.
1: You know, I I thought I had experienced heat before, but uh, Charlotte was just unbearable for a while.
0: Yeah, the humidity really gets to you. We were there for the trade show, the Billiard Congress of America's annual trade show. And this year, in conjunction with that, they held the uh, GenerationPool.com event championships and did the Hall of Fame induction for our good friends Alan Hopkins and Pat Fleming
1: that was uh... that was the second Hall of Fame induction that I've been to um... I went to the one last year where Sang Lee was inducted and and while the Sang Lee induction was a very emotional thing this one was different uh... of course because Sang Lee had passed prior to his induction but uh... It was interesting Mitch uh, did the speech Mitch Lawrence did the speech to induct alan hopkins and and Mitch even got choked up a little bit there it was uh it was good i i was I was wondering how they were going to fit it between the finals of the two matches, but uh I think they they did a good job of of showing Pat and allen the respect that they deserved for what they've earned
0: yeah they certainly did that I thought it was a great presentation and uh Uh, As as you know, I was out on the floor filming that presentation, and when Alan started talking about being adopted and how that made him feel special and how his adopted parents had treated him so well, uh, you know, and started out buying him a table when he was just a kid, I mean, a little bitty miniature pool table when he was just a kid, Um, he had me choking up out there. that, that, uh, That got pretty emotional.
1: Yeah, that was a side of Alan that uh, I had never seen before.
0: Yeah, and you know, what struck me about both of those inductees, both Alan and and Pat gave full credit to their wives um, for being able to pursue the career that uh, got them where they are today.
1: Yeah, um, well, I mean, Alan had, you know, Dawn comes from the billiards world, so Dawn had a pretty good idea of what was going on, but i don 't know that pat 's wife has ever has ever done anything. I mean, Pat kind of joked a number of times about you know that that he had told his wife this is what uh, this is what I want to do and that she was fully supportive and didn 't say you know you want to do
0: what for a living yeah right <laughs> you want to do statistics on what <laughs> yeah anyway, it was an interesting time, and the tournament was interesting we um In fact, we have a couple of guests today from that tournament, uh, Jeremy Jones and Anna Kostanian, and um, we'll be talking to them here in just a little bit.
1: Yeah, um, I got to watch some of the final matches of the tournament. Um, Boy, the finals for the men was just absolutely brutal. Um, The listeners will get a chance to see it when ESPN shows it, and you really had to feel... I mean, Jeremy won the the match, so you don't feel as bad for Jeremy. You feel worse for Ronnie Wiseman, because I can't imagine Ronnie has had that poor a match in a long time. And, And what really struck me is how comfortable he looked in the beginning. He won the second game of the tournament, or the second game of the match, and he just looked at ease. He was getting perfect shape on everything. He looked like he was just practicing and boy, did the tide turn by about two-thirds of the way through that match.
0: Yeah, and of course, we talked to him afterward, and he said that the cameras didn't bother him. He wasn't nervous about being on TV. He just couldn't find his gear.
1: Well, I mean, of all the, I mean you certainly want to come with your A-game when you're, when you're on TV, and, and Ronnie's got to be disappointed, not so much that he lost the match, but just disappointed in the performance that he gave there in the finals. But, you know, this won't be the last time that Ronnie's on TV.
0: That's true. There was some news coming out of the trade show. We have a new uh, BCA president, uh, Sean Cummings of Brunswick Billiards, now sits in that chair. Uh, Good luck, Sean.
1: Yeah. um, Now, uh, Ivan Lee from Simonas, he stepped down to vice president, right?
0: First vice president, right.
1: So he will stay in an advisory role to the president and... If I understand it correctly. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it not, is a, a reigning president not able to become president again, or, or how exactly does that work?
0: Good question, because I got different answers to that question uh, while we were at the trade show. And so I'm honestly not really sure. The, the, what I understand is that the first vice president each year steps up to become president next year. And they can serve for two years as president. So since Ivan only served one year as president, he's eligible to become president again next year.
1: Okay. Well, I'm not.
0: But there was a bit of controversy, by the way, uh, about the elections this year because the nomination board only nominated four people, and there are only four positions. So basically, the people who were nominated had no opposition. Um, and there was a great deal of uh, controversy about that at the general membership meeting, saying, hey, you haven't given us a choice. I mean, this is like communism. We can either vote yay or nay.
1: Well, uh, I mean, the BCA is taking some heat right now for some of the things that you know the, that they've done recently. And I don't know. some. I mean, they took heat for the decision of moving the pro event out of Vegas, which, to be fair... While it didn't have the same number of fans, it was a very well-done event. I mean, it looked great. Um, I'm not sure about the level of fans at the tournament. Um, I don't know if you had much of a chance to to pay attention to the reaction of some of the fans there at the tournament and and not to completely uh, sidetrack what we were talking about. But something that really struck me some of the fans there who were watching that event, I wonder if they even knew what they were watching. Um, at one time, one of the guys broke um, the one ball. Balls had already gone in on the break. The one ball is one of the last balls to be moving, and as the one ball fell in the pocket and the player had no shot on the two, the fans started erupting again. Hey, congratulations, you made a third ball on the break. The player had no shot but they didn't seem to notice or really care about that. I mean, I wonder if it isn't, you know, the fans taking that whole ESPN clap for every time they make a ball thing just to a, a ludicrous level.
0: Maybe, but let's face it, with the news we found out just the other day, we don't have to worry about that anymore because it turns out that the BCA has decided not to continue this event. This was the last event.
1: Well... I mean, we've said on this show that we thought it was a mistake to move the event from Vegas, and I'll go on record saying I think it's a mistake to uh, cancel this event. I, I understand that it cost them money, but we know from being on the front line dealing with some of the players that the players have been thinking for quite some time that the BCA does very little for them. Because, let's face it, the players don't really see what takes place at the WPA world level. I mean, the pool players are still struggling for the almighty dollar, and what they're interested in is what is an organization doing to help put money in our pockets? And, you know, those players had to be reminded that the BCA runs an event every year where they add all the money, and that does help put money in your pocket. Boy, when the players find out that they've canceled this event... I sure hope that they've got some other plan that's going to help players. If not, they're going to have a mutiny on their hands if they don't have one already.
0: Yeah, I agree. Although at least uh, a rumor has it that uh, Mark Griffin may pick this event up and have a an actual uh, national championship for American players. And uh, since North America is the only member of the WPBA that does not currently have a national championship, that would be a good thing. Mark
1: Griffin steps up to the rescue one more time. I, you know, we've had the Camel Pro Tour. We, we've had you know different tours that were uh, named after companies. We're just going to start the Mark Griffin Pro Pool Tour.
0: Yeah, and you know, if, if the, the pro players in America were really thinking, they'd be taking up a collection to buy Mark Griffin a bodyguard and a armored vest. <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, now speaking of uh, of Mark stepping up once again, I understand that uh, our friend Barry Berman is stepping up this year. uh, What's the news with him in the U.S. Open?
0: Boy, is he. He's adding $100,000 to that event. And I haven't done the full math on it yet. I bet it's on his website. Uh, uh, But that brings that um, prize fund uh, ticklingly close to a quarter of a million dollars. Because the entry fee this year is 600 bucks, and uh, he's, he's going to be shooting for a 256-man field, uh, says he's going to fill it, uh, says if anyone disagrees with him and, and thinks he won't fill it, that he'll bet up to $10,000 with anyone uh, that he will fill that field. So that's a confident man talking there.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, I talked to a couple of the players after the U.S. Open last year, and there was a, there was a little bit of um, a little bit of displeasure with the way that Barry had done the payouts. And I hope that uh, this additional added money helps do away with some of that bad feeling. Um, I mean, without without a, a U.S. Championship, the U.S. Open is really the biggest marquee nine-ball event on uh, North American soil.
0: Absolutely, and he has changed the payouts. They're not near so top-heavy. He pays way down in the field. And I forget how far down it is right now, but it's it's way down that he's going to pay this year, and you don't have that huge gap between first and second place. I think he's doing a really good job of it this year.
1: Good, good. Well... Hopefully that'll, uh, that'll get more of the players there. Not that there was any lack of players in the past, but, uh, you know, that's, that's a big event and it, and it should, it should fill at 256. Oh, sure. Um, I found, I thought the trade show was interesting. I haven't been to one of the uh, BCA trade shows in a while. Um, you know, everybody seemed to think that this was going to be a, a debacle and, and the, the rumors had floated around early about the attendance being half of what it was in the past. But uh, from what we heard, some of the vendors were very pleased with how they did at the show.
0: Well, we talked to vendors who wrote more business their first day in Charlotte than they did in three days uh, in Las Vegas. So while the foot traffic was down a little bit, uh, the buyers did show up. Well,
1: um, I mean, while we, uh, we definitely heard from other people that weren't happy, I guess it was just who you spoke to. But, uh, you know, the bigger vendors, they seemed to be doing well. There was never, you know, as I was walking the floor over that three days, I didn't come across big booths that didn't have people there just about every time.
0: Yeah, and and I don't, this probably, I mean, this means nothing at all. It's just a freak. But as you walked in the door, the people I talked to on the left-hand side of the room were very happy. The people I talked to on the right-hand side of the room weren't so happy. Um, don't know why. Usually people, psychology will tell you, when people walk into a, a show or a store or anything, the first thing they do is turn right. didn't happen at the BCA trade show.
1: Hmm, that's interesting. Well, they did have the pro event, and we briefly touched on it. Uh, Jeremy Jones won uh, the, the men's. Xiao Pan won the ladies. Uh, she beat Guy Young Kim in the finals. If Gai Young had won that match, she would have been number one on the points list. Um, what I found surprising was the performance of a couple of the, the men. Uh, Shane did awful at the event. Um, Corey didn't yeah. do very well. Ralph didn't do very well. I mean, the the players that you expect to always be there, well, with the exception of Johnny Archer, because you expect Johnny to be there and he was there. He finished third. But uh, Shane is definitely, you know, his game is struggling, and and you know, Corey and Ralph didn't do much better.
0: No, it's it was a <laughs> it was a bad weekend to be a champion. Um, or. Even a past champion, to somewhat change the subject on you, uh, our friend uh, Ava Lawrence had a great, terrible weekend. She was, she was first honored for spending 20 years uh, with Brunswick as the spokesman for Brunswick. Uh, but when they left the show, when she and Mitch left the show on Friday, uh, the car wouldn't start. It had a dead battery. And that was no problem. They had a friend with them with a car, and he pulled up beside them and said, let's give you a jump. Well, their car, a Volvo, has the battery in the trunk of the car. And the only way you can get into the trunk is to open it with your key electronically. And without a battery, that doesn't work. So if your battery's dead, you can't get to your battery brilliant well i'd like to give the doofus design award of the year to volvo for that one Um, and then (laughs) when they were at the show the next morning they found out that uh, their house back in south carolina had been broken into the night previous so not a good weekend for a good friend and we certainly hope that everything has worked out well by now definitely
1: well uh I know that uh we have a guest waiting on the line should we uh Should we check and see if Jeremy's there
0: Why don't we do that Jeremy, are you with us
2: I'm with you how are you doing fellas?
0: We're doing good. how are you doing
2: uh, I'm doing pretty well just uh just hanging here in in uh Houston.
0: <laughs> it must be pretty warm in Houston about this time of year
2: yeah, it's been pretty warm. It was really warm uh a few weeks ago, but actually we've we've been getting our uh, June showers, so about every day we're getting a 30 or 40 minute shower. It's cooling it down, but when I say cooling it down, it's still 95 plus, so it's it's not cool by any means.
0: Well, as we said, you just won the GenerationPool.com Championship, so congratulations. I'd like to ask you, what was your toughest match on your road to victory there in Charlotte?
2: Uh, well, really, on paper, I guess Mika Emmen was the was the toughest opponent I faced. Uh, and obviously, I guess when, when everyone watches the the TV matches, uh, especially the final against Ron Wiseman, uh, we both had a tough time with it. I mean, I wouldn't say that Ron was particularly the tough part of it, and not taking anything away from Ron, he's a great player. Uh, it was just a matter of us both struggling in the finals, you know, just just getting down to that point and uh you know having the pressure of finally trying to win a, a big event again uh i guess that you know kind of myself was my biggest and toughest opponent so.
1: we were there watching the finals and and that final match was pretty rough um i mean do you really was it the fact that you hadn't played on the tv table that much or was it just the the pressure involved in playing for that title i mean i, I I'm assuming you can't speak for Ronnie, but you guys had to have both been going through pretty much the same thing. Uh, what exactly do you think it was that caused that, that match to be as rough as it was?
2: Well, there were several variables that uh, that made it tough. I mean, you know, along with trying to win a big, a big great event, um, you know, I got several questions about the cameras, you know, the TV cameras, and really I never noticed the cameras. Uh, for some reason or another, the first... You know, several years I played on TV, I usually played my best pool on TV. And, uh, I think it was a matter of not being in that setting as much here in the last few, couple years, uh, trying to win a big event. You know, I kind of did the same thing in Vegas. I played really great the entire week, uh, and then got down to the semifinal. And I, I think that had more to do with the table because I didn't spend much time on it before them. I never got to play a match on that, on the televised table in Vegas against so Bustamani, I think it really kind of cost me some shots, and it kind of made me not trust myself, and then I think that's just a, uh, a compilation of uh, that, and, and nerves going uh, excessively. The table, was, the room was really humid, Mike, uh, which kind of threw me off my rhythm a little bit, you know, and, uh, you know, like I said, it was, a, it was a number of things, a number of things that threw me off, and then mainly what happens is just like any sport, you know, you may couple easy shots and, and then you start thinking to yourself and
0: and wondering you know
2: uh you you start uh, second guessing yourself basically
1: after the finals were over. I noticed you walked over and made a comment to Ronnie after the match uh it, You guys seem to be to have been getting along real well i mean and the comment in no way looked to be negative, but can you uh can you tell us a little bit about that conversation after the match?
2: Yeah, I just told Ronnie that, you know, he had a great tournament. You know, don't let the final dips you at all. He had a great tournament. That uh he'll be back in that spot again because um, he's playing better every year. Ronnie, I don't know how he does it. He's like, He's got to be almost 50 years old if he's not 50 yet. And he seems to be playing better pool every year. And, uh, and, the, and, I, and the main thing I want to tell him is, you know, I, as much as I didn't want to win the event like that, I know he didn't want to uh, win or lose. Neither one of us wanted to play the way we played. You know, pool's one of them type of games. You're you're there all by yourself. And the only thing you really want to do is, is play well, you know, win or lose. Because then if you play well, you're going to have enough wins, you know. And sometimes you play perfect pool and get beat. And then, like there, I, I probably shot about, uh, in a short race of seven, I probably shot about 750 on accustats and, and won the match. So, you know, that, it's just a funny game. I just didn't want him to uh, just hang his head. You know what I mean? I thought he, he had a great tournament.
0: One of the things I noticed, of course, is that you were playing in that tournament on a table make that's different from the ones that you normally play on, and the cloth was also a different brand from what you're, uh, should we say, used to. Uh, does it take you much time to adjust to changes like that?
2: Um, well, not me so much, and and also it was kind of to my liking. Uh, I mean, that I would like the pockets to have been a little snugger, but, but they make them a- fairly standard, and, and they played They played well, but the, the cloth was, was more to my liking, which is slower. Um, uh-huh. It was more like the, like the tables here in Houston with the humidity here in Houston that it, it makes the bed get slower a lot quicker. Uh, but the tables played great. The Millican cloth was, was great. I uh, actually told the guys that for, for brand new cloth, it, I think it broke in as well as any cloth I've seen. Uh, uh-huh. A lot of times, uh, other cloth at tournaments, they take several more days to break in, and uh, they're real slippery. Uh, but I'm I'm, I'm kind of probably attesting that to the uh, humidity in the room. I think that probably helped the cloth break in better. But the, no, the whole housing table was great, and and the cloth was fine, and and uh, there wasn't too much to get used to. I didn't think I, I I didn't have too much. Well, obviously, I didn't have too much problem with it, but. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, there were a lot of big name players who had some problems at that event. I mean, Shane Van Boning went to and out, and uh there were just a lot of big names were retired early. Were there any common comments among the guys who were less fortunate that week, or was it all a different story for each different player?
2: Um, well. You know, I, I think there's a number of things to go go with that theory. I, can, I can't really speak for any one player. I uh, I watched Shane. I think he lost his first match to Raj Hundell. And uh, I was sitting there waiting on a match, so I, I, was, I got to watch a lot of it. And it looked like he was playing pretty much a perfect pool until he got up about 6 or 7 to 2. And for some reason or another, he started running out and missing the eight and then running out and missing the seven. And, run, and you know, it's kind of the same thing. It kind of snowballs on you. You miss a couple easy shots, then all of a sudden, as, as you know, he's on top of the world right now, but that just shows you how fin- uh, fickle a game it is that, that you, you know, you can be number one in the world clearly. In the last year and a half, he has been the best player in the world, at least in North America.
0: Well, absolutely. and But the last couple of events, he's, not played up to his standard and where i'm going with this is that i see players over all the years that i've been watching this game i see players get hot and then they cool off and then they get hot again and they cool off they seem to go from a very high plateau of playing down into what they would call a slump i'm wondering when and if you find yourself in a slump do you have something you do to bring yourself out of it? Do you have a routine or do you talk to yourself or uh, do you practice more? Is there anything special that you would do if you found yourself in a swamp?
2: Oh, yeah. and uh, Oh, I definitely, definitely do. And, you know, like I've told many people, you know, it's a different sport. Um, I think the most similar sport to it is probably golf because, just because, it's, you know, it's a swing you want to repeat physically. Um, it's a game mentally that, It takes a lot of creativity, Um, but the main difference between the two is uh, I don't have a caddy to walk down the fairway with me while I'm out there at the table, so it's a very mental game. Um, You know, like for for myself, whenever I get in a slump, I mean, I I do find some physical things, some fundamental things that I'm usually doing wrong, Uh, but mainly uh, I have to remember and remind myself to start playing the game just by myself. You know, and, and a lot of guys, they get taken into guys like Shane. Uh, and I've done it myself where I, I'm, I see my opponent, Shane Van Boney, come up next. And, and uh, I start thinking to myself, oh, I can't beat him. I can't do this. I can't do that. And it, really, it really doesn't have much effect on the match. I mean, I, I mean Shane doesn't have – I mean, if he sits me in my chair for six or eight racks, of course, he has a plenty of effect on what I do. But as far as when I get my opportunity at the table – I can be playing uh, Efren. I can be playing the Lord himself. I can be playing Sam Van Boning. I need to do what I need to do, and a lot of guys forget that. You know, I mean, I, I see it in their face. A lot of guys, you know, they sit there and, and they've won so many matches by people gifting them to them. Uh, once they get up against a top nice player, it's going to play pretty solid, and they kind of fold sometimes. And, and that can, like I said again, snowball and defaulting on the next time you get up against a good opponent, and the next time you get up against a top-flight opponent, you know. And as far as Shane, I think Shane, you know, like I said, he's clearly played the best pool the last year, year and a half. Um, And he kind of took some people by storm a little bit, and I think some guys are are, are realizing that he's just human, you know. I, I think some guys actually went out and beat him. I mean, uh, he's made some mistakes here here along the line that he hadn't made in the last year and a half, but, you know, we all have playing pool. And uh, like in like in Vegas, I know Ernesto Dominguez played a great match against him to beat him. Even though Shane had an opportunity to win the match, uh, he didn't repeatedly dog it, you know what I mean? Uh, Ernesto played great. And, and, you know, Shane, what is he, 24, 25 years old? I right. think he's 24. So I mean, you know, he's 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 learning the ropes along with being the best player in the world right now. So uh, he didn't have too much to worry about.
1: Hey, Jeremy, it really, I mean, it wouldn't be fair to to, to talk to a pro player and not at least mention some of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes right now. I mean there's the the feud between the BCA and the UPA and then you've got Mark Griffin, you know, coming out with his pro tour. Have you been following everything that's going on and, and what's your viewpoint on all that? I've
2: been following it. Um, I mean, you know, as much as <coughs> excuse me, as much as um, we all like to think we know a little bit the business side of it. Uh, we all need to remember that we're the players, and uh, we need to continue playing pool. Uh, that's the best thing for our sport. You know what I mean? Uh, but you know, as far as Mark Griffin, you know, I've known him uh, going on several years. I'd say about four or five years, and uh, you know, he seems like a great guy, and he's he's always wanting to improve the game. And uh, what he's brought to the table, I think, is something that he thinks is. Uh, you know, very fair, and, I, and I'm not one to question or say it isn't very fair. Um, as far as the BCA, uh, I, I'm not exactly sure why they snatched uh, the the meetings away from the UPA or why they're having as big a feud. I, I think it's kind of like the players. Um, you know, as far as my viewpoint uh, for the, play. I think whatever decisions we make, I think. It'd be In the best interest of men's professional pool and professional pool, and really pool in general, because that's where it starts. I mean, the top of the ladder is professional pool, whether it be men or women. Is uh, us stick together, um, whatever decision it makes or we or we make, and, and work together. And I kind of feel the same way for the BCA and the UPA and any other organizations. I mean, there's uh, of course it is a business, and there are a lot of people competing. You know, there's several different leagues trying to get that league. Um, but overall, you know, I, th- I think everyone would do better if we could work together. That's just my viewpoint on it.
0: Well, I have one more question. Uh, there are a lot of players uh, who have developed side interests. Uh, Rodney Morris, for instance, has his uh, professional pool player uh, soft drink, energy drink, um, and he's coming out with a line of tequila. Uh, do you have any side interest that you're developing any other business interest other than pool?
2: Well, um, they're all related to pool. Um, and I've been doing that. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm along the same road as a lot of people as uh, mm-hmm. it might not be the same skill as, as a Mark Griffin right now or, or, or other businesses. Um, but I'm trying to research some things to build the sport and I'm really concentrating on my area, uh, here uh-huh. in Houston. Um, and and Texas uh because like, like I said I kind of feel like that if all the players really concentrated on their area and and somehow we can link that together I I think uh it would snowball into something great. Uh I mean there's uh I'm looking looking into possibly trying to do some type of full-time uh, uh I have a commercial spot where I have a full-time place to instruct um Along with possibly doing some challenge matches, uh, possibly some individual leagues instead of teams where someone can come in and play. Uh, They'll know who they're going to play twice a week uh, at a much much smaller scale pool room and and without any alcohol or anything like that, just solely for pool where someone can come in and then get their match videoed and they can compare, all right, how their stroke was when they first started coming in, into three months into it, and so on and so forth, you know. I think just the more people we get playing pool, um, I think it would just be better for the sport, uh, better for the players, the professional players, because out of all the professional sports, and I believe pool is a professional sport. I mean, it, the better shape you're in, the better you're going to play, the better you're going to withstand traveling and everything else. Um, out of all those sports, I believe that the, the pool players interact with the what you would call the regular pool public more than any of the other professional sports. We rub elbows with the public more. And I think uh, for that and almost that alone, um, I think they should get a little bit more respect and actually um, whether it be a dollar sign or just a better way of life overall, I think uh, we should try to improve that. And uh, I think the industry along with it would improve. You know, I think Q cells for everyone would get better and pool table cells for everyone would get better and TV would get better. So, you know, in in my area, I'm trying to start there. It's, of course, the fourth biggest city in the nation, so it's not a bad place to start. Uh, But, yeah, I think you'll see some stuff out there with with, uh, Double J's name on it here soon.
0: Well, very good, Jeremy. We certainly wish you all the luck in the world. You've always been one of the great men of the game Um, and just... Thank you very, very much for your time today. We appreciate your comments, and we hope to see you very soon at an upcoming event.
2: Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot, Jerry, and I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks, talk Jerry. To you all soon. Okay,
0: okay. Bye-bye. Well, we do want to apologize for the audio difficulties that we had there. Uh, there was a bit of a weak connection uh, with Jeremy, but what he had to say was certainly interesting.
1: Absolutely. Um... You know, Jeremy made some interesting points there at the end that, uh, you know, the professional pool players should be playing pool and, and you know, that's what they do best. They should be able to concentrate on it. Um, but I also found it interesting that he's talking about trying to put something together there in Texas. Um, you know, Jeremy's part of... He's not part of the young generation right now, the Shane Van Bonings and, and those players. You know, he's... I consider him, you know, he's been around the game for 10 years or so. I mean, there are some players who have been around the game that long who have already gotten such a bad taste in their mouth that all they want to do is play pool and that's it. Uh, but Jeremy seems, you know, interested in, in putting the effort forth and trying to, to do something to take the game to another level, which that's what we need in this
0: game. He is willing to help grow the sport. And I found it interesting how he talked about uh, pool players mingle with their fans uh, more than any other sport. And that's definitely true. And, you know, uh, when we interviewed uh, Earl a while back, uh, he mentioned that in a negative manner. He said that was not a good thing. He said that uh, because there's no distance between the fans and the players, that the players are not... um, uh, as well respected as they should be. So we've got two uh, strikingly different points of view on that.
1: Well, Earl is also combative with the fans, and Jeremy is a little bit more embraceful of the fans. You know, he was able to play to them a little bit more during those matches there in Charlotte. Um, and again you know that may go back to the fact that Earl's been a part of this game for a long time and he's had a chance to find out that it doesn't really meet up with the expectations that he may have had when he had been in the game for 3 or 4 or 5 or 7 or 10 years
0: right right well i would like to, i do hope that uh, he's able to build something in houston i thought it um, a pretty creative comment when he said if every player in their region their own region of the country would help build the game, it would wind up uh helping the sport as a whole.
1: Yeah, that would be uh that would be that appears to be the kind of thing that Mark Griffin is looking for. You know, with Mark Griffin saying that he wants the players in their area to support this league system and, and you know, we have talked on last week's show about he may be surprised that the players are not really willing to step up and do that, but Jeremy seems like the type that that would really be willing to to do everything that he could if he honestly felt it was going to help the game.
0: No doubt. Uh, Jeremy's not afraid of a little work. No, not at all.
1: Well, I believe we have our other guest on the line. Uh, Should we see if Anna's around?
0: We most certainly should. Anna, are you there?
3: Yeah, hi, how are you guys?
0: Hey, we're doing great. How are you today?
3: All right. Not too bad.
0: Good. Um, Mike, why don't you uh, start off with the first question here?
1: Well, Anna, um, Jerry and I both had the opportunity to watch you play a little bit towards the end of the tournament in Charlotte. You had another really good tournament. Um, what really struck me this year is how you seem to have elevated your game to a different level. I mean besides the fifth-place finish at the first event this year and then the third-place finish in Charlotte, you actually had a real good Derby City Classic with, with some wins over some of the top players. Was there a conscious yeah. effort on your part that you know this is going to be my year? Or are you doing something different this year, or, or what is it?
3: Um, I don't know. Not, not, I haven't really been doing anything too different. I've been practicing a lot more, and I think my mental game is a lot better now because I'm not thinking of who I'm playing. I've been telling myself that I just started that this year because usually I think of the person that I was playing, and, you know, I get nervous and stuff, but now I haven't. I just go up there and play my game, and it actually turns out really good. Well,
1: it's turned out pretty good so far. Um, Yeah. You had a win over Allison this year at the last event in Charlotte. How was that?
3: Um, I was very excited. That was
0: probably the highlight of my whole pool career <laughs> so <Can> I, far. <laughs> yeah. May I interject here because you know that's just exactly what Jeremy was just talking about how uh when he's in a slump, he notices that he starts thinking about who he's playing and he'll get yeah. he'll get down on himself and 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 not be able to play his own game and when he's playing well, he doesn't think about who he's playing mm-hmm. is is that Jenner, is that what happened to you? that, That it used to be that you would get nervous when you were going to play an Allison, but now you just play the table?
3: Yeah, I used to do that. Like, I played her a few times, and the only thing I was thinking about was, you know, she's the number one player, and I'm probably going to get crushed, but I try not to let myself think about that anymore. So now that I know, you know, I have a chance, it's, I don't know, I feel a lot better playing.
0: Well, you obviously uh, feel pretty good about it with your performance. Now, you are also yes. a, a former junior champion. Where did you first develop your interest in pool? How did you get involved in the game?
3: Um, well, we when we first moved to Albuquerque, my parents opened up a pool hall. Ah. And Yeah, I don't know what made him decide that, but it's actually working. It's going really good, and I just started playing, and I picked it up. And my dad saw that I had a natural talent for it, my dad and my uncles. And so they got me lessons, and I had a lot of people, you know, teach me little things here and there. So I just picked it up.
1: Do your dad or your uncle play?
3: My dad. My dad actually plays on the bar box. He's a really good player. Uh, My uncle doesn't play too much, no.
1: I'm curious, most people who follow the WPBA feel that there's kind of an upper echelon. There's maybe a half a dozen players at the top, the Allisons, the Karen Coors, the Jasmines, and, and players will occasionally step in and beat one of those players. You know, the, the players who maybe are not within that upper echelon but are in that second group, the players that are kind of from 7th down to 16th or 20th. Yeah. What is it going to take for you to stay, let's face it, in that upper echelon right now? I mean, you're ranked third on the tour. I think you have to be considered, you know, in that group as of right now. What is it going to take for you to stay there?
3: Um, Probably just to place, you know, have good placings in all my tournaments. That's what I'll have to do.
1: So are you doing anything in preparation? I mean, you know that... You know that the brackets are going to be a little bit kinder to you now with uh, the yeah. way the seating works. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, are you are you prepared to go in and 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 stick with what you've been doing and and continue this performance?
3: Yeah, I'm ready. It's going to be the same, hopefully, as it was last tournament. Same mental thought and mental game and everything. So, I'm ready.
1: Are you just playing in WPBA events this year, or do you plan on playing in more of the open events like uh, Derby City?
3: Um, I don't know. It's just like sometimes I just have like a random thought of going to other tournaments, but, you know, mostly it's the WPBA, but I might make a, I might go to the Derby City. It should be fun.
1: I know you played in Reno a couple times in the past. Is that another event that you're thinking about?
3: You know what? I don't know why everyone thinks that. I've never played in Reno, not once.
1: I thought I saw your name on a on a Reno payout.
3: Yeah, I saw that too, and I'm like, wait a minute, i never played in this tournament, so that was just a mistake.
1: Oh, wow. I'll have to get on yeah. the uh, quality control department.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have called and demanded your check. <laughs> um, you,
3: you huh? <laughs> I should have. <laughs>
0: You said you're you're practicing more now, and I'm I'm really curious about that now. When you when you say practice, are you mm-hmm. racking nine balls and just running them, or are you doing drills?
3: No, I just you know I'll play the ghost sometimes, or I'll just break them and try to run them. I don't really do drills. That's just my practice.
0: Well, how happy are you with your break?
3: Um, I like my break. I think my breaks. Definitely a good part of my game. Mm-hmm. But I think right now I need to start practicing my face a little more because that's probably a little weakness of my game, so I'll have to start practicing that more.
0: Okay. And do you have a life outside of pool?
3: Um, yeah, I guess. You know, I go hang out with friends. I'll take a few days off. But I don't really work right now or anything.
0: But do you play any other sports like golf or anything like that?
3: Um, no, I ball for fun. <laughs>
0: That's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wanted to go back to that
1: match with uh, Shao Ting Pan in Charlotte. Um, mm-hmm. You started off, Xiao uh, Ting went up, you came back, you were tied, I believe, at 4-4 when um, yeah. Steve Tipton called that foul on you. Um, now yeah, the, that killed me. Yeah, the listeners will get a chance to see that when ESPN shows the video. Did you not hear him call that 10-second?
3: Well, you know what? The thing is I probably heard him, but I just it just didn't sink in my brain, you know? I was too focused on my shot that I didn't really pay attention that well. So, but that was my fault. I should have paid attention more.
1: That foul did look like it it got into your head even after that and and probably yeah, had uh, wait a, lot a minute, to do that was a
3: push.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh
3: I, I you know, I didn't let it bother me, you know.
0: Uh, Anna, during the event in Charlotte, a blogger came on the Internet and just nailed you for wearing flip-flops into the arena. How do you like being in the public eye?
3: I never heard of that. This is the first time. Wow. I'm actually shocked to hear that right now. Um, Wearing flip-flops at the event. I don't know. I was, you know, I was out of the tournament. I just wanted to dress comfortable and go watch the matches. So I don't know why they'd start talking about that.
0: But the bigger question is, you are now in the public eye, and that yeah. throws a little more responsibility on your shoulders. Does it bother you?
3: Um. Yeah, that kind of does. That does bother me that somebody would really care that much about what i was wearing you
2: know
3: Well, i guess since i'm more i guess since i'm a professional player i should dress better but i don't know i don't think you should let them bother them you know
0: yeah and don't let it bother you either uh yeah i'm not actually (laughs) as long as they're talking about you that's fine it's when they stop talking about you that you have to worry uh mike did you have anything else for this marvelous young lady
1: Yeah, last question. Um, The Junior Nationals are coming up. Um, Now, how many years did you win that title? Twice, I
3: think, twice.
1: How do you think playing in that event against some of the top junior players across the country might have helped you prepare for where you're at today?
3: You know what? I think really how my game was actually competing in regionals. Not regionals, but the WPBA qualifiers. Because I, I think uh, I had a lot of competition, so that held my game a lot. Yeah, a lot stronger.
1: Okay, well, you don't have to worry about qualifiers anymore. Now you just have to worry about the Allison Fishers and the Karen Cores of the world.
3: I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Jerry, that's well, all man. I've got.
0: Yeah, Anna, welcome to the big stage. Uh, we're glad to have you on it, and we look forward to... Uh watching you in action for many, many years to come. Thanks for the time that you spent with us today.
3: Uh Uh-huh, thank you.
0: Well, obviously, Anna's in a pretty good mood. Um, She should be on a high. I mean, she's doing very, very well this year.
1: Yeah. um, You know, she had a fifth-place finish last year in San Diego, and there are players on the WPBA who... Who get to that level and then they just kind of disappear. You know, they have a little taste of success, and I don't know what happens. Maybe it was just they caught a gear that one time and then they disappear. But uh, she has definitely kept her level of play at that same plateau um, all year. I mean, a fifth place finish, a third place finish. She could very well be one of the top uh, U.S. players
0: on the WPBA right now. Yeah, and, boy, I mean, she really rocketed to the top. Uh, Just, I hope that uh, her future is as bright uh, as it appears it could be. And uh, speaking of something bright, this is our 25th show. It certainly doesn't seem like we've done that many.
1: Yeah, 25 shows. What's the the, uh, accepted uh, gift for 25th anniversary? Is it silver? Uh, just be creative, Jerry. You've got my address. Send me something nice.
0: <laughs> they don't make a silver iPod. I don't think. <laughs> um, Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's it for another show. And uh, Mike and I will be back as soon as this industry gives us something else to tell you about. And in the meantime, please do remember our sponsors, Border Billiards and Predator and Tiger Products. And, uh, by the way, I bought some ball cleaner from Tiger Products at the show, and it stuff works like a gym. If you've got uh, some balls on your pool table that uh, have gotten scuffs or have gotten those uh, marks from the pockets, uh, give Tiger a call. They can take care of you. Mike, I appreciate it. I'll see you down the road. Sounds good.